Shavuot Tov, good vach. Welcome to Daf Ches, page 8. The Gemara is continuing on Daf Ches, talking about the concept of an ace ratzon, a time when our prayers are accepted, and it's referring back to a story from the, um, from the previous Daf, from Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was sick, he couldn't come to Shul, he couldn't even gather 10 people in his house for a minion, and it said, nevertheless, he should try to have a min- he should try to daven at his home, even Bechidas, even alone, at the same time that the shul is davening, that Sibor is davening, and this is called Ace Ratzon, and this is the halacha, that even if you're at home, you can't come to shul, you should try to make your davening at the same exact time that when the shul is davening. The Gemara continues, and this is further with the theme. Uh, I read one of my uh, rabbinic colleagues says that you can tell that these two dafs are written by a shul rabbi, by a pulpit rabbi, who's trying to encourage people to come to shul, because the next Gemara says that anyone who has a shul in his house and doesn't go is called a shachin ra, a bad neighbor. The Gemara continues talking about the Pasuk of Leman, on the land. We see that you'll have a long life if you leave in Eretz Yisrael. But Rehochanan, who lived in Eretz Yisrael, was actually shocked that there were people in Bava who lived a long life until people explained to them that even though they're not living in the land of Israel, the fact that they wake up early and go to Minyan very early and they stay very late at night to stay at Shul, to stay at Mariv, this is the reason that they have a long life. The Gemara continues and says, When you come into Shul, don't hang out in the back, on the back row, the back bench, and near the door. Uh, rather, you should go in some distance into the Shul. And Rashi explains, because if you hang out in the back, you make it nearer Allah Kemaso. You make it appear to you, everyone will think that it's a burden for you to be in Shul, that you're waiting at the back corner just to be able to get out as soon as Shul's over. So actually come in a little bit. Then the Gemara goes on to a topic called Ace Mitzvah. There's a Pasuk that uses the term Ace Mitzvah, a time when you're trying to find something, when you're particularly trying to pray. And it gives five examples of particular times when you're looking for something and therefore you should pray with extra intensity. So number one is for an Isha, for a wife or a spouse. Number two is for Torah, to be able to study Torah. Number three is Misa, that you should pray that you should have a death that's a least painful death possible. The Gemara has a whole sidetrack on different t- types of death, how many deaths are possible. Then the Gemara says, for Kvura, even after you die, you should still be praying that not only that you die in a least painful way, but that you merit that to be buried in a dignified way, like a Jewish burial. And then the fifth idea is you should pray Ace Mitzvah when you have to go to the bathroom, that the base Hakise should be close by. Remember that in the old days, they had outhouses, no modern plumbing. And then the Gemara says, the most important of all five times that you need to pray is actually the one, the last one, in order to find a bathroom that's close by. Then the Gemara continues and talks about a concept called Sha'arim Hamitsuyanim Bahalacha, which means areas or places where they actually establish the halacha. Uh, and the Gemara says these places are more important than shoals, they're more in places that more important than the base Medrash where you study Torah, because after the base Medrash was destroyed, God only has the four cubits of halacha, so the Shechina leaves the base Medrash and goes to the place where we actually study Torah. Okay, then the Gemara uh, continues and says, a person should always live as close as possible to his Rebbe, as long as you're close to your Rebbe, you will stay on the right path and you won't veer, and give certain proofs to that. Finally, the last Gemara on the bottom of Chesam and Aleph, turning to Chesam and Beis, talks about the idea of Shnayim Mikra V'Echatargam, the idea that we're supposed to try to finish our Parsha every week, two times Mikra, the Pasuk, and one time with the translation, uh, and has various Gemaras of rabbis who try to cheat a little bit, either to do the whole thing on Erev Yom Kippur at the end of the year, or do everything in the beginning, and they discourage this practice and say that you should really try to be uh, doing Shnayim Mikra V'Echatargam as you're going along. Then the Gemara continues and talks about uh, the idea of a zakin shashachach tamuda, a zakin, an elderly person who forgets his learning, maybe from dementia or something else, should still be treated with the same level of respect. 
as we say famously, luchos shiva luchos minachos that both the luchos and the broken tablets, which represent someone who is sick, someone who is elderly, are still placed in the same arm with the same level of kedusha. Then the Gemara talks about the idea of not sitting on the bed mitat aramit, the bed of an Aramean woman. And at least one of the most interesting example was actually a story where there was a certain rabbi who went to pay a loan to a, or get a loan from an Aramean woman. And she said, hey, why don't you sit down on the bed for a few minutes? And he said, before I sit down, let me check it. And he checks under the bed and lo and behold, there was a dead child there. This is like the first version of almost like a blood libel. She was trying to get him to be, take responsibility for killing the child. And the rabbi said, from here, you see, you should never sit on an Aramean uh, bed. The Gemara continues at, with stories, funny stories of different rabbis saying, Rabbi Kiva says there are three things that I like about the Midian, Midians. And Rabbi Gamil says there are three things I like about the Persians. They're not about halacha, but certain acts of life, being cleanly, being clean, and different other kinds of concepts. Finally, on the bottom of the page, we go back to the, originally halacha, the original halacha of the Mishnah, where we know that the first time for saying Kriya Shema says the but what's the, when's the final time? Well, the Chachamim said Chatzos, Rebbe Gamliel said until Amud HaShachar, and the, Mish, the Gemara here paskins that the halacha is like Rebbe Gamliel, that fundamentally you have until Amud HaShachar. Then finally, the last piece on the bottom of the Amud talks about the idea that sometimes you can say Shema within a matter of moments, two times, and you fulfill two obligations. Like let's say you say it a few minutes before dawn, Amud HaShachar, and then a few minutes after dawn, then you fulfill your mitzvah for nighttime and morning time, even though you've said the Shema, uh, one right after the other. We will stop over here. Uh, looking forward to um, learning with you, Daf 9. Have a great evening.